What's up, everybody? So for this this podcast, I had Jonah Cohn on. Uh, he is an augmented reality NFT artist. He is Snap verified with over a hundred million impressions. He is the Snapchat Spotlight winner, official Lens creator, co-host of the first and only Clubhouse Weekly Hackathon, and he is an NFT artist at Foundation. And you can find him um, just by typing in Jonah Creative or Jonah Cohn. Um, this guy is absolutely amazing. Uh, I think the thing that threw me off the most is that he's only 18, yet he's been able to pursue something ever since the previous year, since he was 17. Bruh, <laughs> I wish I was half as smart as this kid when I was his age. I, I don't even know if I'm half as smart as him right now, TBH. But he he is an amazing guy. He has a good heart. Um, he is hungry. He is looking for experience. He's always looking to grow. The only thing is he he doubts himself. Just post more, Jonah. Like Gigi said, just do it. Hashtag Shia LaBeouf. But I really, really like him. He's going to... I can't wait to meet him when he comes to Los Angeles. And uh, yeah, so we go a little bit more. We go into augmented reality. Lenses for Snapchat, uh, NFTs, digital real estate, and and a lot more. And I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Yeah, I'm using a new setup because uh, you got me at the at the perfect time because I'm actually recording a video for a company soon. So they sent me like this whole like here you can sort of see like this whole like crazy oh, shit. recording setup. So damn, that's um, sick. What are you yeah. gonna What are you gonna be recording for? Um, I'm recording something internally for, for Snapchat. Oh, snap. Okay. Okay. I mean, I guess we can just go right into it. If you don't mind kind of, um, letting people know what you do exactly. So I'm actually a, an augmented reality artist and official lens creator, uh, over at, I don't work for Snapchat, but I'm sort of like partnered with them. Uh, this is what an ex- sort of like an example of one of the things that I create. Um, I create like their augmented reality lenses. I can, uh, throw a few more up just to show as examples i thought that was perfect for you coming on i was like there we go (laughs) yeah this one's a little harder to see um if i turn down the light oh that's sick yeah yeah, yeah. that's dope (laughs) halloween vibes right there yeah i made this one right around that time okay um a little bit after Mm -hmm. You know, still had the energy going. I like and that a one. A lot of my work, I like. Uh, you can you can usually tell it's mine because I have sort of like this like creepy vibe. Mm. Um, I don't know. I personally don't think it's creepy, but everyone says it is. Like, I guess yeah, there is something a little unsettling about having an asteroid going in and out of your face. I think it's unique but as really hell, like man. To, oh, I'm sorry. Sort of get like that like space like stars vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like, well, how did you end up getting partnered with Snapchat? How did that even, how did that start? So about two years ago, I got like some marketing email from them mm-hmm. that was just like, <laughs> hey, um, we have this new software that came out. It's called Lens Studio. Um, you should try it. Okay. You know, I probably got sent this email as long with, along, uh, as well as like a million other people. Mm-hmm. Um so I made a couple, I made a lens. It was pretty bad. It's not even public anymore. You can't <laughs> find it. Um, and then I made another one the next year. And, you know, it was just like one of these like more casual things that was, you know, you have something cool, you can do it. So you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the beginning of 2020, I remembered those two experiences that I made. And I was like, oh, that was pretty cool. I bet I could do a lot cooler stuff. Uh-huh. So over the course of 2020, I went from like, you know, honestly somewhat of a beginner to what I would consider pretty advanced um and then in August of 2020 I got reached out to by them um they said they liked my stuff and they they wanted to me to be part of their official lens creator program which is um you know comprised of some of the top AR creators in the world and you know that was a crazy huge honor to me as mm-hmm. an artist um there's only about uh, we're actually starting to it's getting pretty big we're starting to re- reach 300 official lens creators but um, in August, when they reached out to me, um, you know, we, we did the interview process. There was, you know, a couple of road bumps. But in January of this year, everything got fine and accepted. And I was an official lens creator. Dude, that's freaking dope. That's just su- such an unexpected twist. Like, it just started off with a freaking email. And then all of a sudden, you're an advanced player, basically, in Snapchat. Yeah. 
that that's like three years down the down the road like and it's crazy because if i had like if i had paid more attention and done it when and like you know been more serious about it when i got that initial like marketing email hmm. i could have been doing this for years like um i have a friend who's part of like the initial like 15 people that they led into this program mm. and it was pretty much just in the back in the day you know you could get in for pretty much anything it was just whoever was interested at the time and now it's like this crazy thing that that takes months to get into so oh shit so you you were uh you were you were on the like the start of the whole thing you were you uh what's that saying i'm stupid as fuck hold on it's uh you got pioneer. on the yeah, exactly. Pretty much. You were a pioneer before everyone even got on board with that. That's that's freaking dope, man. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting because I was a pioneer, but at the same time, I wasn't because like mm. or an early adopter maybe is what you were looking for. Yes. So I was using it. I used it a couple of times when it first came out, but mm. like I never was serious about it. Uh-huh. So I was and I wasn't. Okay. Um, it was more just something that I was playing with at the time. And it, I didn't even occur to me that it could be a career choice or something that I could make money off of until like midway through last year. Yeah, dude. Uh, so like with I guess without naming any numbers, how is like the the pay? Is it like a one time fee like per project or is it like on how? Because since you're a partner, I don't know how that works. Yeah, so a lot of the pay doesn't come from Snapchat directly. Mm. That's more it's more of just like, you know, um, a list that they have where they're like, you know, hey, these are the best people to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, and and where the pay comes, it's, it's, you know, it's more of a freelance job. Okay. So there, you know, it's, it'll be like a brand or an influencer who will reach out to me or I'll reach out to them. And then, it, you know, it's really project by project. Okay. Um, on what the pay is. Okay. Got you. Um, I guess without naming any numbers, like I said, what, what would be like the, the biggest project? What did you have to do in particular, um, to kind of get that, if that makes sense? Yeah, so something that I've really enjoyed is um, I collaborate with, I really like collaborating, mm. and I collaborated with a makeup artist. Um, okay. Her name is Makeup Madhouse, and they're like, they do like crazy stuff with uh, with like, you know, makeup and, mm-hmm. and visual effects in, in the real world. So we met um, through Snapchat, and we started working together to turn their in real life works into virtual works. Okay. That's um, insane. That anyway, so instead of just like looking at their page and seeing them wearing the the effects mm. you could actually then go home and try it on yourself oh shit no way okay that makes sense so i i guess let me ask you this for snapchat is uh is your work essentially the ones that, that you have to pay um like extra for like a dollar for for this filter in particular if you like it is, is that kind of how it works are you featured on that or so that is a, it's funny you bring that up because that's actually a thing that hasn't existed since like 2015. Uh-huh. Um, when they, when they first introduced lenses, they were kind of, um, they didn't really know how to monetize it. Uh-huh. Um, they just sort of like acquired this company. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were, and they, that's how they added lenses. It was actually started off as a Kickstarter campaign. Mm-hmm. And so that was something that they had in the beginning, but now, um, all of my lenses are free to use. Mm. It's the only, the only time I'm making money for, from it is when I'm getting paid to create something specific. Um, like this, I, you know, I haven't gotten paid a dollar from it. It's like mm. last time I checked, it's almost at like 5 million views. Oh but, shit. You know? Yeah. But it's, it's just for fun. It's free. Mm-hmm. Um, and by having stuff like this, that is like, you know, people enjoy using for free. That's how clients can find me and be like, okay, he made this. A lot of people liked it. Mm-hmm. So maybe if I work with him, then he'll make something that a lot of people will like for us. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty much like a like a very useful marketing tool in short, basically, right? Yeah. That's dope, man. Do you work with like any creators? Maybe like you're. Are you in LA as well? No, unfortunately not. But I will be this summer. We're we're making things happen. Nice, nice. It's uh, that's crazy. Do you know? Do you do you have like a spot that you're looking into possibly moving into, or the, just the plan is to go over there? Um, at the moment, the plan is to move to go over there. It's not going to be like a long-term thing, probably mm. for like a month, month and a half. Mm. Um, right now, the plan is to stay in an Airbnb for part of it That's and then sick. couch surf for the rest. Because over the past few months, like especially with Clubhouse, like where we met, I've met mm-hmm. so many nice people that are just like, yeah, you can stay at my home. Like, oh, no way. Yeah. yeah. That's fucking insane. Yeah, yeah, no, Clubhouse is a crazy freaking thing. I actually just had um, – I saw that you were in a room with uh, – with Gigi and a few other people, I think yesterday, I believe I had her on yesterday. She was super dope to talk to, man. It's like, oh, Gigi was on the podcast. Yeah, I haven't posted hers yet. I think I'm post it today or tomorrow. But yeah, she was on here yesterday. That's awesome. Yeah, Gigi's amazing. Like, yeah, she's like, 
we have like I don't know. It feels like we'd have like our our group on Clubhouse, and uh-huh. Gigi's like like our mother figure. Like we wouldn't we would go crazy without her. Oh my god, yeah, that's like pretty much like the conversation that I had with her. I was like she she was giving me like life advice and everything like that, and I don't know, just using like so much like kind words. I'm like, is this what it feels like to have a mom over here? <laughs> I'm just like, what the heck's going on? But yeah, yeah. man. Um, I guess how did you get started while running the um the influencers like the meetup lounge? How'd that start? So it all started, um, you know, Clubhouse came out over a year ago now, mm-hmm. um, but, it, you know, nobody really heard of it until a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. And my friend, it, it all started with, like, my friend literally sent me, like, a screenshot of him in a room with 21 Savage. <laughs> this was, hell? like, the end of December. Okay. And he was just, like, in a, in a room with, like, 21 Savage and, like, 200 other people. Okay. He was like, yo, you got to get this app. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. And he, he was like, okay, what's your number? So I sent him my phone number. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, he he was like okay I invited you but he lives in the Netherlands so oh, shit. he invited he accidentally invited whoever has my phone number that lives in the Netherlands <laughs> oh shit so um, yeah wrong country code with that one so yeah. I was like oh I guess I guess this is an exclusive app I'm never getting in mm-hmm. and then I like posted in a group chat that I was interested in joining Clubhouse and then a couple of days later I just like randomly got a text that was like all right you've been invited to Clubhouse. And my friend Nick, who's another official lens creator, mm-hmm. had invited me. And this was like, you know, I think maybe even January 1st or 2nd of this year. Okay. And then, you know, Clubhouse was honestly pretty dead at the time. There was like nobody. Mm-hmm. Like, you know how there are people on Clubhouse now with like 5 million followers? Yeah. At, at the time, I think the most followed person on Clubhouse had like 200K, 150K. Mm-hmm. So Clubhouse was small. Yeah. Um, and you know and it was big compared to what it used to be at the Mm -hmm. time but yeah you know compared to now it was microscopic and um so i was on it and i would join rooms periodically a lot i spent a lot of time in like the augmented reality spaces Mm -hmm. and then we got and then one day i was in a room um and i met harry saying um and yeah you've met him he's definitely a a crazy character (laughs) and um so we met and we and we hung out in the room and then we sort of just like started having these rooms where um like it would be like me harry and a few other people would join Mm -hmm. and then eventually it got to the point where we had this one room this one night that was super great like we had maybe like 50 to 100 people in and out of the room throughout the night okay and like okay we don't want this to end like (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. we were in that room we were having an amazing time we're like all right i want this room to be here when i wake up so harry went and he got on his second phone and he made a second account Gangster. and he just started like playing jazz music at super low volume through the speaker uh-huh. and then that was when we started the 24 hour 24 7 room um and that room lasted for like maybe two or three weeks <laughs> and then um you know more and more people joined you know obviously the people who aren't there anymore are just people who weren't really as interested but we sort of grew like this like really tight family of like people who we would just like check in with each other at least once a day uh-huh. and then eventually when they opened up clubs we started the club and and it's just a history from there that's fucking insane man no the connections on there are a lot more real because unlike any other app for the most part everyone's a lot more more authentic more genuine comfortable with being themselves i think i think you're the one who explained it to me when i first joined i think you said it was like a i think this is what you said i could be wrong but i think you said uh that it's like a cracked out linkedin i think is what you said yeah linkedin on steroids yes there we go that's what it is and i and i didn't know what that meant and then like two days later i'm like using it for four hours and i'm like oh shit he was right (laughs) dude man the crazy story it was like the other day i was in an nft room i was Mm -hmm. just like you know talking speaking my mind yeah and um you know there was maybe like 150 people in the room and you know when you when you talk in a room with like 150 people you're when you whenever you talk anytime you open your mouth you get a couple of followers yeah so i was in that room and i was talking people were following me and then um, you know, I didn't even notice because I had pro- I had probably gotten like a hundred followers from that room alone at that point. Okay. And and then the person who spoke after me, their name was TJ, and I was like, okay, that's cool. You know, they were talking about their stuff, and then someone was like, wait, are you TJ Miller? Uh-huh. And he was like, oh yeah, I'm TJ Miller. <laughs> and like everyone in the room was like a bunch of nerds and stuff, so they're like, oh my god, Silicon Valley, TJ yeah. Miller. Um. And I like I honestly I've never seen Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. so um, 
No, it wasn't as crazy for me. I've seen a couple of his movies. He was in like Ready Player One, and uh-huh. he was in a couple uh, Disney movies. So it was pretty cool to see. But so he had followed me, and I followed him back. Oh shit! And then, like a couple hours later, I he just like pulls me into a room, just like me and him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, and he you know a couple other people join, but it's like the fact there's no other place in the world where like you could meet someone who's like you know a high profile celebrity mm-hmm. and have a genuine connection with them because there's it's, it's always like when you when you go to like meetups mm-hmm. it's always like there's an interaction of like this is the celebrity and this is the fan yeah but on this on clubhouse everybody's on the same level like he, he brought me into the room to just like ask me a couple of questions about nfts mm-hmm. and to, to like help him learn how to use clubhouse better like what? same it's the same level and that's why i think like clubhouse is so amazing for connections because everyone you're not in there based off of your clout outside of the app Mm -hmm. you you, the only clout you have is the clout inside the app there's no verification there's no check symbol it's like if you bring value to the app then people accept that and if you're like i don't care if you have 10 million followers off the app if you're a douchebag on the app nobody's going to talk to you yeah that's literally for people that don't know anything about clubhouse that's exactly how it is you're not judged at all based off of anything else that you have and that's that's cool i mean i think that's a great thing uh in regards to like teaching people respect because obviously people don't have it they're like oh he does like under 500 followers it's like dude it's like at the end of the day we're all people you know and yeah i I don't know it's just a crazy thing there i was in a room but i didn't even realize it because this was in the very beginning um i guess i was in a room with a singer of frozen and like a bunch of other disney movies but i didn't check their Mm -hmm. profile because i'm a dumbass and i I guess i didn't have any idea you know but they were like yeah the amount of people that that are in here like it's amazing they're they're signing people on contracts that i mean there there was this chick from disney she's not even like um i guess like a like a mainstream name but she has like all the talent in the world and like a few other people i'm like what the hell i was like i should now i'm clicking on every profile i see i'm like who are these people yeah man And that, that was like, it's a great point. Like you, you meet these people and it's like, it, it, like they respect you and you respect them. It's like, you don't feel like you're in a situation where they're like, you know, you, I mean, there are some situations where you meet people and they're like, yeah, I'm verified and I have 10,000 followers on Instagram, you know, mm-hmm. I'm this big dude. And like, I'm, I'm just like, I don't care. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you're not bringing me any value. You're, you're kind of an asshole. So, <laughs> you know, I feel it. There's also like the situations where you see people who actually do fan out. Like I've been in rooms with people where like, you know, some like some high profile celebrity will join the room and we're interested in just having like a conversation with them. And then like one of the speakers will just go like, oh my God, I'm your biggest fan. We, you got to follow me on Instagram. We got to connect. We got to, gotta... and everyone's just like, oh no, we're done for. Like, <laughs> yeah. At one point, uh, about a month ago in the influencer meetup lounge, we had Taylor Lorenz join. Um, and if you don't know, Taylor Lorenz is a writer from, for the New York Times. She's oh, like, the, like the big like social media advocate, um, and she does a lot of like the tech writing. So she's she's pretty cool. And then because she was in the room, we had I forget their name, but the head of Instagram joined the room. What? Um, and that was crazy. Like the head of Instagram. Yeah. Everybody, you know, social media's biggest dream to meet them. And everyone was pretty chill about it, except we had one person that was like, Yo, you gotta bring him up on stage. I'm such a huge fan. Yeah, like blah 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 blah. And they ended up just like leaving the room. Like yeah. I guess they were too uncomfortable because when you get called out like that, like people go on Clubhouse to escape their their like, you know, virality. They go on there to talk mm-hmm. to real people. That's true. Yeah, they want to just be on the like that equal playing ground, you know. And I, I mean, I've seen it too. There's, there's just so many people. Yeah, no, it's crazy, man. I've, I've, I've been, I've talked to like randomly, like in a therapy room, like the, the vice president of like J.P. Morgan. I'm like, what the fuck? And like, just like, yeah, I'm just like, how is this? it's just it's like the weirdest thing ever i still can't believe i've i just joined like a week ago you know but i i get i got on yeah. here because of somebody i reached out to um on twitter it was a scientist that i had and they were like yeah i'll get you in i was like okay I, I like i didn't expect it i was like sick and i didn't think anything of it he was like let me know when you're on and and i was like all right like i i took like sweet ass time i took like a day but i didn't realize how valuable it would be to like to get more uh like access to like other people and like in regards to like networking and just being yourself and getting to know for like them for who they are you know i've heard crazy stories about like people crying and i guess just talking about like their experiences like being blind i've heard people talking about like their questions toward like religion like it's an insane place and then you end up somewhere with psychedelics i'm like what the hell what's going on 
it's it's pretty funny because like you'll meet people and then like they'll totally like uh like turn around on you and be like whoa i didn't know that about you Mm -hmm. like i was talking to someone and they're like this super intelligent dude um uh, they're a good friend of ours now and like they were we talked to them for like maybe like a week and then one day they were just like someone brought up psychedelics and they're like oh yeah i'm a big fan of those and like it turns out they like you know like half of what they do is they just like are super into psychedelics and like into like magic mushrooms and stuff it's like huh yeah expected that yeah no oh my god yeah no it's crazy because yeah you'll just get some um i guess some somebody in upper management for like a huge company i'm like what like it's 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 crazy have you ever experimented with anything like that um, I haven't. Um, no. And I don't know. It just isn't. I like to have my mind like where I want it, uh-huh. and I don't really like to have it like affected by anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know? I I feel that man. I I have been kind. I have this one guy. Um, he's my friend. He's he's been trying to get me to do like psychedelics for like two years and i'm like all right maybe shrooms but i'm not gonna go into like lsd ecstasy none of that's bullshit you know i was like i'll 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 give that a chance maybe in the future but i haven't done it yet but yeah i don't know i'm just like you know i've been off like people have been like yeah let's do it someday and i'm like eh, i'm good (laughs) you know i feel like i have a pretty good control of my mind and my headspace Mm -hmm. so i feel like anything to alter that it's like it's unnecessary and Mm -hmm. it's you know and also, to be honest, like I am a little worried about like the long term effects of that kind of mm-hmm. thing. But I know, feel I guess it's like you, you can't miss what you don't have. So mm-hmm. I feel that. I mean, that that makes sense. Um, I guess it kind of in regards to um, psychedelics. I mean, hmm. I had the question on the top of my head, but I'm a dumbass, hence why this podcast is called Socially Responsible. But, I mean, I guess we can skip that real quick. I, I mean, I kind of wanted to ask you, how was, before I get to the other question, because I've been avoiding NFTs for a bit, how was selling your first NFT? That was a freaking badass when I saw that. Oh, that was crazy. Yeah. So, I posted the NFT, um, and then I sent it, like, when I posted it, uh, so I, I minted one of my lenses. Mm-hmm. Actually, I can see if I can, if I can bring that up. Okay. Um, so I minted one of my lenses. I actually minted this lens. Mm-hmm. Um, so I yeah. took like, a, a preview video using this lens. Okay. And I minted <laughs> it on uh, Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'll just plug it. Foundation.app slash Jonah Creative if you want to see any of my NFTs. Um, and I minted it for 0.2 Ethereum. Okay. And I sent it to a group chat of other lens creators, you mm-hmm. know, thinking, you know, I'm the, f- I think I was the first person to, to mint a Snapchat lens. Uh-huh. So I guess like I figured it'd be a cool thing to share. Mm-hmm. And then someone, so I said, Hey, I just minted my first Snapchat lens. And so I was like, Oh cool. Where can I buy this? And I'm like, Oh, what? <laughs> like, where can you yeah. buy it already? Yeah. And they were like, they're like, I sent the link and they were like, cool. going to put in a bid. And I was like, okay. It's like, what? <laughs> and then like, a day later, they still hadn't put in a bid. And I was like, oh, man. Yeah. Right, I guess just leading me on. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, out of the blue, I just got a message on Instagram. And they were just like, hey, I just bid. And I was like, oh. <laughs> it's like, okay. Thanks. Awesome. Yeah, Perfect. Yeah. Um, so I got the bid. And I was kind of expecting it to, to just end there, mm-hmm. um, you know, with their bid. And then... So once, once someone places a bid on foundation, it's called, you know, it's the reserve price. So yeah. I set it at 0.2 Ethereum so that you couldn't bid under that. But as mm. soon as someone bids at that price or higher, it starts a 24 hour countdown um, oh, okay. to the end of the auction. Mm. And so this person bid and it started the 24 hour countdown and then it got to like 23 hours and like 50 something minutes. Yeah. I was like, all right, we're about to close. Hell yeah. About to sell my first NFT. Mm-hmm. About to make like, you know, 0.2 Ethereum. This is awesome. Yeah. And then out of the blue, it got a bid. I'm like, what? Yeah. And it was from a random address with no name attached to it. And then I texted the person. I was like, man, I never thought this would happen, but you just got outbid. And they're like, all right, I'm keeping this thing. Yeah. And then they bid again. And <laughs> and to my surprise, they got outbid again. I- so the same like random address with no name attached to it. I guess they really wanted this piece. Yeah. And then I uh, like I was like, man, you got outbid again, and they, they didn't. Uh, they ended up end up outbidding. So mm-hmm. it ended up selling instead of for point two Ethereum, it ended up selling for point three Ethereum okay. to a completely anonymous person that I, you know, had no name attached to. That's crazy. Um, and that was crazy, but 
I actually did end up figuring out who it was through some like sneaky uh, espionage NFT uh, methods, but okay. I can go into that if you want. Yeah, no, I want to hear. Was it like some, well, I'm an idiot. So was it like some reverse tracking or what'd you do? So, okay. So I sold it on foundation. And uh-huh. the cool thing about, NF, uh, about NFTs is it's on the blockchain. So everything is completely transparent as to what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of expecting like, you know, I, there's this, there's this website called Etherscan mm-hmm. where you can put in anyone's address, okay. uh, well, like wallet address, and you can like sort of see like a transaction history. And I saw through their wallet address, like, oh shit, this person's been like doing NFTs and, you know, doing cryptocurrency for a couple of years now. Uh-huh. Uh, when they had like, you know, at certain points they had like a hundred thousand dollars in their account oh, and I was like, Whoa, that's crazy. Yeah. They had like 10,000 in their account the time of, of the sale mm-hmm. so I, um, I pasted their address into another website called OpenSea which is like sort of like the conglomerate of all NFTs mm-hmm. and I saw that the, in addition to my piece in their wallet they actually had a piece from CryptoKitties which is like sort of like one of the earliest versions of NFTs mm-hmm. and they also had um, something on a, on a website called SuperRare okay. so they had no username on OpenSea they had no username on CryptoKitties but I went to, to Super Rare and they actually had a username and it was like Iwaki. Oh, I guess I don't want to explain it to Yeah. It was like, it was a username like with like some sort of like pun in it. So I was like, okay, cool. Maybe they've used this username somewhere else. Uh-huh. So I Googled the username and there's nothing. And I like, then I started Googling parts of the username and like on my like fourth or fifth try, I uh-huh. found a Twitter account. Okay. But the Twitter account had like 20,000 followers and was like crypto related. So the, the account was all about crypto. It matched. So I DM'd it and I was like, hey, by any chance have you like, you know, heard of this username? Is that your username on Rarible by any chance or Super Rare? I forget which one. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, it could be. It ring- I don't remember it, but that rings a bell. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, okay, cool. So like by any chance have you purchased it? purchased anything on uh, on foundation lately mm-hmm. they were like i have why like they, i mean they were probably really confused at this point mm-hmm. and and then i was like all right straight up did you buy this piece and they're like oh yeah i did i really liked it and i was yeah. like so how did you find it and uh-huh. like oh i was just scrolling through the page and it caught my eye I figured i'd buy it and i was like man so you just dropped like 500 dollars on the on a loan right like that like yeah. it was like oh cool piece you know yeah so uh, Damn. certainly not complaining but it was a very interesting scenario that's insane i oh my god man i don't even understand how how people end up there and then like they're just casual like yeah let me just let me just grab it i, I don't know to me that's foreign but i guess kind of getting into um into that a little bit more um i have specifically waited on going into oh my god clubhouse has so many nft room i'm like just hold on. Just hold on. Just a few more days. Do you mind ex- explaining that to me and to other people listening what, what that is? Oh, shit. Yeah, so you've been completely avoiding NFTs. I've, I've been seeing so many rooms. I'm like, I could just go in. I'm like, shit. Hold. I, I know it's a non-fungible token. That's about all I know. I, I think I saw Elon okay. Musk tweet something about that. I think that's about it. I, th- I think that's a, um, as far as I go. Damn. That's some that's some dedication to the podcast yeah. right there. So it's really funny because I can sort of get this all out now because in the in our social media rooms that we have, uh-huh. I've been like banned from talking about NFTs. What? Why? Here, I'll switch. I'll switch to to the next uh, next thing. But so I've oh, sort sure. of been like banned about from talking about NFTs because people will just like join that room and like you said, like you know how it's kind of like common practice to read people's bios. Mm. So people will read my bio and they'll see, oh, he does NFTs. And then they'll just like completely change the topic of the room. And we've had times where like we've gone from like 10 people in the room to like three people in the room. Yeah. So I'll just like go on and on about <laughs> NFTs. So I'm no longer allowed to answer questions <laughs> about NFTs in that room. Well, for here so, you have um, the whole floor, man. I, I Cause I genuinely want right. to know. Cause I know, I, I actually, I have heard a little bit more about it from I guess I'll get to it after, but I think I've heard a little bit from Tim Dillon's podcast. I don't know if you listen to him or not. He's crazy, but he's funny. I don't. So, the, you know, even I am not 100% like an expert on what exactly an NFT is to like the, the, the very technical level. Okay. But essentially, you know, it's a NFT stands for non-fungible token. And, and the best way to describe that is an NFT, you know, a fungible token is like a dollar bill. You know, I have my dollar bill. You have your dollar bill. We all have hundreds of dollar bills, hopefully. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, 
you know, if I, I can trade you my dollar bill for your dollar bill, it means nothing. They're all the same. Um, that's a fungible token. Okay. You know, they're all worth the same. They're in, they're interchangeable. You know, I guess they all have their own serial numbers, but you know, nobody nobody except for like weird collector people care about the serial numbers. Okay. So, and then a, a non fungible token is is an NFT. So it's like you know, this token and this token are completely different. They're they're no way to say that they're the same. Um, there's no way to prove that they're the same, but it's it's ridiculously easy to prove that they're different. And that's what makes it so valuable. It's like, you know, people say, oh, you know, I see your, your NFT is cool. I just took a screenshot. Now it's mine. But like, that's not true. Because even if you went and you put that screenshot as an NFT, it doesn't matter. Because, you know, I, I still can prove I have the original token ID connected to this piece. And, you know, it is written on thousands of computers across the world because of the blockchain that I own this token and this is the original. You can see the date, you can see the person, or the, at least the wallet address that you who created it. You can see every person who's ever owned it. Like, it's irrefutable. Okay. So, in... in so like, uh, oh, go on, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. I, I guess I was going to say, um, in, in regards to owning an NFT, um, what what value does it give can you resell it or is it more like for bragging rights or, or how does that work exactly so that's like sort of a uh, the money question there like hmm. it, and that's a question that a lot of people have sort of been trying to figure out is like what value does it give hmm. for a lot of people it's an investment like i know this person um they're they're like 17 years old and they're this like crazy investment person okay and they bought an nft for like ten thousand dollars for the sole purpose of reselling they knew that it would be more valuable than when they bought it and they would be able to resell it for more. Okay. Um, you know, and that's not just them. There's tons of people like that. Like my friend has gone from like, they spent probably $10,000 in total on NFTs oh, wow. over the course of a few months. And their wallet is now worth over a hundred thousand dollars, um, probably closer to 200,000 now. Holy so, shit. So there are people who, who see it as an investment, mm -hmm. but then there's other people who it's like, you know, it's more of an art thing. Um, mm -hmm. The person who bought Beeple's NFT for $69 million, there's no way in hell they're reselling that anytime soon. Yeah. They probably will at some point, but I doubt they saw that as an investment. They bought it for the art. Um, and that goes with a ton of people. Like my piece, I doubt this dude is going to resell that anytime soon. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'd like to think that, uh, that there's a huge secondary market for Jonah creative pieces, mm. but I don't, I just don't think that's the case yet. So he bought that cause he saw the piece and he, he believed in it or, you know, because it, it stuck out to him, like he said, and it's something that he visually thought was beautiful. Mm. So I guess that sort of answers the question. I think I saw, um, Gary Vaynerchuk post that and if, or he, he took a picture with a dude who sold it for 69 million, I believe. I, I oh. don't even understand. So I didn't look into that, but I know that that transaction happened. What was it in particular, the, the art piece that sold for that much? So there's a creator named Beeple, Beeple Crap is their Instagram. Um, and they've been doing something called Every Days for the past 13 years, which is where every single day, no matter what, if it's a holiday, if you're sick, if I don't think – I think there may have been a couple days in the past 13 years that he's taken off. Mm -hmm. But for the, for the most part, for the last 13 years, he's made a piece of art every single day. Okay. Um, you know, in the beginning, it was like, you know, kind of crappy and really simple. Mm -hmm. And now it's getting like these crazy huge worlds every day. Okay. And you know, so he was sort of like a pioneer to this space. And back in, I, I think, either November or December, he did mm -hmm. his first NFT drop. And he made $3 million in a weekend. And everyone was like, mind blown. Like yeah. this dude has been making art for 13 years and he probably hasn't seen $3 million in his whole life. Yeah. Uh, so he was, you know, at that point sort of selected as like, you know, the king of NFTs. He's the first to, to make it big in the space. Mm -hmm. um, and that's sort of like, you know, with, with things, how it goes, it's like when you're the first to make it big, you're usually gonna stay big for a while. Yeah. And, you know, so now in addition to, to making $3 million initially, as time has gone, those pieces have gone up drastically in value. Mm -hmm. And then he was the first NFT artist to do something with Christie's. And if you don't know, Christie's is like one of the most respected American art auctions in the, you know, in, in existence. And, and they, they sell real, you know, quote unquote, real art. Like mm -hmm. you can see, you know, 
physical pieces. Like I think Banksy has sold on Christie's before. Okay. And so he was the first NFT artist to sell on Christie's, and that's why it was worth $69 million because it was on Christie's, which is like, you know, this platform for real art. Like they don't do anything less than a couple hundred thousand dollars on there. Okay. Um, and as the first NFT, that's sort of what made it that have that value. Mm-hmm. That's insane. So for for NFTs, it's it's all digital, correct? Like a hundred percent. Okay. So for instance, I'm in this piece that I'm wearing right now is the current NFT that I minted, mm-hmm. and um, and in addition to owning the digital piece, when mm-hmm. you buy it, I have it set up so that you know if you fill out a form, I'm actually sending like a physical video print of it. So okay. you'll get like you know like a photo frame with a video of this piece inside uh-huh. of it. So you're not just getting the, um, you know, the digital piece, you're getting something physical to go along with it. Okay, got you. Cause I was wondering, I'm like, for 69 mil, I'm like, there better be like something physical to like. Well, with the 69 mil, there wasn't. There wasn't. There wasn't, it's all digital. So uh, you might get a certificate from Christie's, uh-huh. but I'm pretty sure, you know, as far as the piece, it's a di- you're getting the, the rights to the, you're getting it transferred to your Ethereum wallet and that's uh-huh. about it. As far as what I know. the fuck? So do you think they're just gonna try to resell it in the future? Do you think that's the plan, or because that's insane? I don't even know what. That's I'm sorry, I'm tripping out right now. That's crazy. <laughs> you know, I would guess maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be kind of insane for them to hold on to it forever. Mm-hmm. But I would guess that they're gonna hold on to it for a long time. You know, it's you know, the, if you're able to spend sixty nine million dollars <laughs> on a piece of art, you know, you, you're yeah. settled. Yeah, and, you know, I'm sure it was a big, you know, chunk of his money, but mm-hmm. I'm sure he's not too bothered by it. Yeah. So having, you know, that's like, you know, if $69 million for someone like, you know, it wasn't Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, but just to put it in perspective, like that's like, you know, a hundred bucks for them. Yeah. So he, you know, so the person who bought it is clearly well off. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm assuming they just sort of have it as like, you know, a token of ownership. Okay. And serves to be like, you know, there's someone who's already pretty prominent in the crypto space. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah. I own this piece, you know, this is a statement of owning it. So they're just swinging their dick. They're like, I own this motherfuckers in short, basically. <laughs> I think to an extent, yeah. Yeah, that's savage. I bet you it's probably like some Saudi prince or Putin, what's his name? Putin? Putin? Putin or, yeah. or, um, or, um, or it could be freaking uh, the founder of uh, Bitcoin. What was his name again? Do you remember? Oh, forget the japanese dude Ooh. i think satoshi i think i think it was satoshi yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking probably could be him i don't know for all i know man are you um I, well i guess the, the, the person who bought it has come out um, oh okay. so can, yeah so their pseudonym is is medicovin okay um wait let me see if i can find the full thing okay Yeah, so um, their name, they're Medicoven on Twitter, mm-hmm. and their name is, ooh, I'm not even going to, you know what, I'm going to put this in the chat. You can go ahead and try and pronounce this. I'll try. I'm trying to get canceled for pronouncing <laughs> someone's name wrong. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll risk it. Let me see. Um, in your private chat, there we go. Okay, there it is. Um... Vignesh Sundarasan. He sounds Saudi as hell. <laughs> um, Maybe. is a Singapore-based blockchain entrepreneur. That makes so sense. Maybe not. Yeah, so he's from Singapore, and he's a blockchain entrepreneur. So, you know, it's not, you know, and he owns, um, oh, okay, so he owns uh, a crypto investment firm named Metapurse. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, this isn't just some dude who, who woke up one day and was like, hey, what's up? I'm going I'm to buy this $69 million piece. Mm-hmm. You know, he is someone who's pretty much already invested in the blockchain and in blockchain technology and crypto. Mm-hmm. So this was like a statement not only of like, you know, him being like, yeah, I own the $69 million piece, but also to sort of prove that, a six, that you know, um, a, a digital artwork can be worth $69 million to begin with. Okay. Jeez, how how risky are NFTs? Do you think potentially? Because obviously there's high reward for sure. I just don't know about the risk on that. I think insert. You know, right now I'd say 
you can, there, there are ways to play it safe. You mm-hmm. know, I guess you can't just say like NFTs in general are risky because that's like saying, are, is the stock market risky? Yeah, 100%. It's more of like, you know, is this individual stock risky? Okay. Um, I'd, I'd say at the moment, NFTs, it's like, it's pretty turbulent because right now we're still in like this peak of like them sort of just becoming a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like, I think it's going to die down. Okay. You know, right now we're sort of in this hype phase and it, it will go up from here, but mm. it's also going to go down from here. Okay. And then, you know, there will probably be another time where, you know, it's the hype cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if you've ever seen the hype cycle. I don't remember the whole thing, but, mm. you know, it's basically saying that, you know, it's going to go up and then it's going to go down hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it'll come back up again. It's like Bitcoin is worth more than it's ever been before. Mm-hmm. But if you remember in 2017 or 2018, it was also worth more than it's ever been before. And it, mm-hmm. it, it was half of what it's at now. It's like, uh, I um, think it goes, back down. yeah, it goes up like, and then it goes down like 70, 80%. And then it just reclaims the all time highs and surpasses it significantly. Exactly. So I think that'll be the sort of, it, just like with anything, it's going to be like that with NFT. Like it was the same thing. I know it was like a lot different, but it's, you know, something to reference like that whole GameStop thing, you know? <laughs> There was hype for it. It went huge, and mm-hmm. then it crashed, and then you know now GameStop is trending around you know a lot more than it should be. So, yeah, did you, you know, in, did you invest in GameStop, or I guess put any money I or wish. trade? I guess. I wish. I sincerely wish I did, yeah, but th- I, I unfortunately. And what sucks is like a week before the whole thing was happening, mm-hmm. I saw in a couple group chats that I'm in, like people were talking about it, and I was like, oh, whatever, I'm ignoring this bullshit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if I had listened, if I had just listened to them, um, we probably wouldn't be having this podcast. I'd be enjoying a nice dinner on my private jet in um, Singapore on the way to my private island yeah, in Singapore, hanging out with my with my good friend Medicovin, you know, admiring our. 69 million dollar piece that we you know own together that would be fucking hilarious man that's i don't know that's insane do you dabble in um in cryptocurrency yourself or anything like that do you have like any investments in that so a lot of my investments in cryptocurrency are related to nft Mm -hmm. um i haven't you know i haven't necessarily bought like large quantities of it but Mm -hmm. you know i've made like small investments just for fun and a couple different ones like Mm -hmm. i own a couple bucks in bitcoin cash i own maybe like two three hundred bucks in ethereum Mm -hmm. um actually i know my dad has done a lot in that um you know he's he's a lot older a lot more you know well established financially so Mm -hmm. he's able to like you know he has the liberty to be able to experiment with that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I know a couple of years ago he was getting into that. Jeez, yeah, I don't know, man. What do, what do you think about doggy coin, or yeah, Dogecoin? Dogecoin. Dogecoin. I was like, Dogecoin. that's why I hesitated. I was like, I'm pretty sure I fucked that up right now. You can't be calling it Dogecoin. Dogecoin. Man. Dogecoin. I'm an idiot. <laughs> it, it's, I so, I it's apologize. A coin. Yeah. It's a meme coin, you know. Yeah. I feel like Dogecoin is never going to, you know, people will argue with this and mm. say that I'm wrong with, about this, but I feel like Dogecoin is never going to be worth anything mm. for real. It, it's a meme coin. It's a joke. Yeah. Um, it, it, it will be pumped and it will yeah. be dumped. So people, I, you know what? I bet Elon Musk made millions off of Dogecoin. You think so? But people have lost millions as well. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you hear the way it works is you hear about one person who makes a million dollars, but you don't hear about the, the hundreds of people who have lost a thousand dollars. Um, when Elon Musk posts on Twitter, Hey, buy Dogecoin, you know what he just did? I can guarantee you he just bought like a million dollars worth of Dogecoin. He's watching that price go up a couple of pennies and then he's going to sell it. So he just, you know, made him, you know, couple hundred thousand dollars off of that dogecoin Mm -hmm. and then the reason it went up is because people bought it so he maybe bought a million dollars but everyone else bought like you know a hundred dollars a thousand dollars ten dollars and then when he you know it gets pumped a couple of people make it out you know probably you know maybe even the majority of people make it out so Mm -hmm. you know obviously elon musk is going to make it out um and then you know a couple other people are going to make it out and then there are going to be people who buy it too late because mm-hmm. they just want to listen to Elon Musk because he's kind of like, you know, this person in this space. Mm-hmm. And then when it gets dumped, the price crashes. And, you know, maybe they're not losing significant amounts of money, but mm-hmm. they're still losing money. And, and Elon Musk is making money off of these people at their expense. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, I love Elon Musk, yeah. great dude, but maybe the whole pump and dump thing is a little, sh- it's a little shady. I'm surprised. I mean, I guess because it's not regulated, they haven't said anything. But I, I almost kind of figured the SEC would have stepped in, or the government would have, because it's it, it's um yeah. I mean, it's all it's all prohibiting from the banks. Yeah. What like what government is decentralized? I know. Um, like there's there's no governing body. Like yeah, for Bitcoin, there's like. There's like sort of like a, a consortium who like meets to try and make decisions, mm-hmm. but you know they can't like you know they can't catch you and like you know stop you for anything. The only way to change something on these cryptocurrencies mm-hmm. is to to get all of the miners, yeah, uh, you know all of the people who are supporting the cryptocurrency to agree to it. Mm-hmm. So you have to get millions of people to agree to a change to get mm-hmm. it to happen. It's it's like almost like the purest form of democracy, except. Uh, you know, because it's really responsible on the people. Mm-hmm. I that's that's one thing I really do like about about cryptocurrency. Like you said, that it's decentralized. But I think um, I think I heard maybe like a few weeks ago that that India is working on on banning any transactions um, or any like withdrawals into like bank accounts or something along those lines. I think there's a lot of speculation about it over here, but I don't, I don't know. I have no idea what the hell is going on with that, but I don't know, man, that, that thing, that, that whole thing with, with crypto is fucking insane. I don't know. What do you think Satoshi's at? India will ban whatever they want. You yeah. Know, they ban TikTok. you know, anything that goes against their, their agenda. Uh. They'll ban. Um, so in India, it's like, but it's like, how do you regulate that? Cause mm-hmm. uh, I think it's one of those things where it's not like, you know, you, like you said, it's banned from, from going from their wallets, their bank accounts, mm-hmm. which I guess is something that they can control, mm-hmm. but they can't like ban cryptocurrency. Cause you know, dudes would just get a, a VPN. And then like the only thing that India can do is like, you know, knock down their door and beat them up. Yeah. So other than that, I feel, you know, which is a pretty, pretty big threat. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that. They're going to be very successful in completely banning cryptocurrencies from India. I see. How easy is it to track somebody if they still use a VPN? I don't know. Uh, I think like the point, you know, you can have a good VPN mm-hmm. that is better. You know, some VPNs are better than others. Like mm-hmm. in China, almost everyone you'll talk to uses VPNs um, because they have like, you know, the great firewall of China mm-hmm. that sort of blocks out everything. Yeah. So the way to get around that is with a VPN. But, you know, again, that's another thing that's like illegal to do, but you know, people do it anyway. It's, yeah. it's like a lot of, it's like one of those laws, like where it's there, but no mm. one enforces it. I feel you. Oh, kind of like, um, like pirating movies over here, pretty much kind of like that. Eh, uh, yeah to some extent exactly i mean yeah. you, you can get in, like exactly you can get in trouble for pirating movies and if mm-hmm. you do get in trouble in trouble you're fucked mm-hmm. like you, you just don't want to be the one guy that it, but it's one of those things where there is, there's such a low chance that as long as you're not that one guy who yeah. gets caught you're, you're you're pretty much good okay interesting yeah because i i don't know I, I don't know much about vpns but i know you can pretty much pin your location to like let's say if i'm here i could ping it to like washington or, or india or, or whatever it might be that's yeah. about as far as i know but i guess in regards to like i guess i was referencing like if you were to like be messing around with cryptocurrency and they banned it like let's say over here how easily would they be able to track you I don't know. You know what's uh, what's crazy and and sucky for me to hear the people that have lost their wallets with like a few mil of Bitcoin. Oh yeah, dude. Like that one dude who had like a couple million dollars worth of Bitcoin and mm. he he like for just forgot the password. Mm-hmm. Like that sucks. Because you got to think about it. A lot of the people who are like Bitcoin millionaires today, mm-hmm. like they're just kids who bought a couple Bitcoin as a joke in high school. Mm-hmm. That's true. And like now they're millionaires. Man, shit. And when when I was a kid, mm. there was this one time where I asked I asked my parents, "Hey, can we get a Bitcoin?" Oh and it was shit. like maybe like uh, I mean, it was maybe like you know, a hundred bucks at the time, mm. and I, I I got you know a flat no, like there's no chance. <sighs> yeah. And and every time like uh bitcoins and stuff comes up. I'll always be like, you know, you know, maybe when I was a kid, you should have let me buy that. <laughs> Just rub it in. It's like, hey, I mean, I should be an investment advisor. Shit, I've been knowing this since a kid over here. That's yeah, man. I could have, you know, that's that's sixty thousand dollars that you know you, that we missed out on as a family. So uh, you know, 
that's that's I'll lay that one on you man i know man i don't know how do they um i don't know is there a way to withdraw if you if um aside from bank accounts like in case they were to put like a block on on that like let's say like that did happen in the future from your knowledge obviously or speculation i think it's like you know you, you can't there's no just like you know withdrawing to your bank account you mm-hmm. can't just like go to your bank and be like ayo bank take this bitcoin mm-hmm. and give me money like uh-huh. they don't care. They're a bank. They don't want your Bitcoin. They want money. Mm-hmm. So it's it, the way that you transfer from, as, as far as my knowledge goes, the way that you transfer from Bitcoin to, to bank account is with, um, you know, a, a transfer service where you basically sell them the Bitcoin and they buy it from you and then uh-huh. they give you money. So I guess the way they would do it is they would just like block all of those services. Mm-hmm. So I think all that would happen is if they tried to block that is the more prominent ones would go away and then mm-hmm. you'd just be left with like the sketch ones mm-hmm. and like, you know, maybe like some service where like you like transfer someone your Bitcoin and then you transfer your money. So I think all that will happen is there will be just as much transferal. It's just it'll be a lot more sketch and it'll promote a lot more scamming. Got you. Okay. Man, how, how big of a player do you think, I guess, drug dealers are in regards to the to crypto? Because I know that's like the government's well, I, thing or like laundering or drug dealers. But how much of it is actual people that are just like trying to say like fuck you to the government too? I would say a small amount now. I'd say mm. a couple years ago, a lot more. Mm. Uh, it was a lot more. Um, and I'd say that there are probably a lot of drug dealers who are pretty stupid because <laughs> they had probably like, you know, five Bitcoins at a time where mm-hmm. they were they were probably pretty rich mm-hmm. uh, off of Bitcoins. And, and then they probably just like transferred it to cash and used it to buy drugs. Mm. And instead of buying drugs with the Bitcoin, they could actually be millionaires now. So that's on them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All for that immediate gratification. Fucking goddamn man. I, I, I saw that, that you've been dabbling, I think in, in Twitter spaces. Is that the same? What's the difference between that and clubhouse? Cause I know they're still, they're still testing it. Correct. Yeah. It's like clubhouse, but just not as good. Mm -hmm. I went on it. There's no energy to it. The only way that you can join a room is by following someone. Mm -hmm. So if, if, you know, unless, you know, there's no, like, exploration of it. Like, Mm -hmm. on Clubhouse, there's the hallway, but Uh there's nothing like that on Twitter spaces. It's just kind of, like, who you follow, you can join the room. So it's a lot more Mm -hmm. of, like, a social thing between friends, but I don't see myself making any business connections on there, and that's why I've actually, like, you know, I still have access to it, but I haven't Mm -hmm. used it in weeks. So it's basically like a walkie-talkie, basically. Yeah, I think it's like a walkie-talkie. Um, nah. yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because there's a, there's so much more structure in regards in yes. regards to clubhouse, like you said, the hallway and and all all the rooms. What's your favorite place to to go into, um, or, or favorite rooms that you have? Um, well, I'll say it, Twitter space. It's, you're right. It's like a, a clubhouse-shaped walkie-talkie, I guess. Yeah. Like a walkie-talkie with a clubhouse skin. Mm-hmm. But honestly, like, I. I'd say like my favorite room to go in is just like our influencer meetup mm-hmm. room because that's where all my friends are and that's where all of the connections that I've gotten are from. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, rooms are changing every day. There's rarely, like that's one of the only rooms that happens consistently. A lot of times you'll see a room that's there for an hour and then you'll go back and it's gone. Um, so oh, it's kind of huh. like all these individual experiences. Mm-hmm. I ran a room Tuesday. Tuesday oh, huh. I ran a room with uh, one of the social media brand uh you know, strategists at Adobe. And that was super cool. Um, it was just like, you know, we got to chat with them and we had a couple other amazing moderators just like talking about the, you know, how brands and, and creators can have good relationships. And that was a ton mm-hmm. of fun. That's insane. How, how did that go? What advice did they give or, or what did they say? I, I did see that I wanted to join it, but I was busy at the time. I was like, shit, but I saw the notification on my, and I was like, fuck. Yeah, no worries. Um, I, I think, you know, I, I can't really like paraphrase the whole chat mm-hmm. in a couple of sentences. Yeah. But I feel, you know, the room wasn't as much for me. You know, I obviously I enjoyed being there, but I, I scheduled the room because I have a lot of friends and people who I know who I thought could benefit from it. Mm-hmm. And and you know, I learned some really interesting things about how you can present yourself when you're talking to a brand. But one of the things we wanted to do is we had influencers on the stage who could teach brands how to um how to make themselves better. Um, so it's like a two-way thing going both mm. ways. Okay. Got you. Got you. 
Um, that's interesting. I don't know. I it's the amount of rooms that like I just need to just pop into. I don't know. I think that's how I started. Just like going into like a room for like a minute or two, kind of hearing them out, and then if, if if I didn't vibe with it, just move on to the next one. You know. I think exactly. I think that's 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 how I started. But I guess aside from that, um, and the influencers room, is there anything in particular that stands out? Because I, I I saw well for me, there's like a mental health one that I haven't spoken in. But like I, I guess people just like voicing out like how they are, like what they're feeling. It's crazy. And then there's like the millionaire like breakfast ones too that I, that I've been meaning to get into. What do you think about those? I don't know, man. I think there's a lot of people who are not actually millionaires. Like you can yeah. do whatever you want in your bio on Clubhouse. So I True. think there's a lot of ingenuity on that. Probably, um, huh? I think some of the best. Now that you're allowed to go into NFT rooms, I think someone great to follow is there's someone named Victoria De Casteo. Okay. And she has been like in like the AR VR space, mm-hmm. and she's sort of like also one of like the pioneers in like the Clubhouse NFT space. Okay. And she's amazing. Any room that she creates is like really well moderated. The mm. conversation is always like on topic and on key, and she has a really good sense of like what she's okay with. And, and I really appreciate that. That like all the rooms, like there's no bullshitting in there. It's all mm-hmm. people being like truthful and telling their story. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, I think that's one of my favorite things, at least for Clubhouse, at least the ones that are genuine and and they're truthful. Because I I've just been, I mean, everywhere Instagram, I, I kind of like Twitter because Twitter's. They keep it real to some extent, but but obviously there's more of a like a, like like I was saying like a personal connection, actually talking also to somebody. Sort of toxicity on Twitter. Yeah. Um, there's like a level of toxicity. So. Yeah. I think I think with Clubhouse it's really hard to be toxic because, mm-hmm. you know, especially like this like this is a face to face thing and that's mm-hmm. like a voice thing. It's so much easier to be mean to someone when you're just like a keyboard warrior typing on your little computer like this. Yeah. But you know face to face and voice to voice it's real it's raw there's Mm -hmm. you know first of all it's in real time so you don't have time to think of like your sick burn or anything (laughs) like that yeah but um additionally it's like you know this is the the most genuine form of ourselves it's it's almost sec it's just second to being in person Mm-hmm. Yeah, Which, I I think I think you're right. I think you could answer that better. It is second to being in person because I feel like this is like the most like I guess going into clubhouse because uh, I've been working for for the most part just remote, just at home. I feel like that's like the most connection I've had like in a year. I'm just like, what the hell? I'm like, this feels almost like normal, quote unquote. You know? It, it, that's exactly what it is. It's like I've I've made friends on clubhouse who I'm gonna like this summer when I'm in LA. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be transitioning to real life friends and like yeah. I know some people from IML influencer meetup lounge mm. like some of them have already met in person and mm. I think that's 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 awesome that like people have just been able to make these amazing connections and, mm. and you know get to know each other in real life no I, I I completely agree are you doing any um are you planning on cre- like a collaborating with any of like the influencers or anything like that when you come down here um I think that's sort of like you know the plan is you know haven't talked about anything specific because that's even still like a couple months out Mm -hmm. but you know it'll be awesome to just like film some content you know Mm -hmm. uh, make some art Uh, you know it's Mm -hmm. it's nothing that i've planned obviously there's certain people who i want to meet up with Mm -hmm. but you know not really making any solid plans yet for that okay yeah because that's still that's still a while away and then for all we know, we don't even know how the world's gonna be. I, I, that's the little one thing that's like throwing me off. I'm like, are we good, good now, Biden? Like, what's Gucci like, or Newsom? Hey, I have my vaccine appointment for. I have my vaccine appointment coming mm. up. I'm ready to get that that shot. There you then, go. You know, obviously, I know that doesn't mean perfect safe. Yeah. But it's, it's a hell of a lot better than it is now. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I'm hoping that the world will still be in a place because it sort of seems right now if you're vaccinated, you can travel. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that by this summer, the world will be in a place where I'm able to travel with the vaccine and, you know, stay mm-hmm. safe, but also have fun. More than likely. I just wonder if they'll make it a requirement. I, I, I would assume so after maybe like maybe summer or next year, just because obviously for safety concerns and CDC guidance and all. But I'm not I'm not too sure. But I know that they are having a lot of um, I guess they're having a lot of concerts already planned out for like the summer too, like mm-hmm. over here. So I, I have seen that. So I'm like, I think that's a good sign. But hopefully they're not like backing out like they're yeah. just, you know, I I still have my Rage Against the Machine tickets for the end of the summer. Sick. I bought them like 
I bought them like in 2019 or maybe yeah. early 2020. Oh, I bought shit. these Rage Against the Machine tickets yeah. and I was supposed to go August 2020, mm-hmm. but obviously that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So I am prepared and I have pit tickets yeah. and I'm going to mosh Dude. and I'm going to enjoy my Rage Against the Machine concert at Dude. all costs. That would be so, fucking yeah. sick. You think we'll be wearing masks though by then? That'd hopefully be... i mean yeah. hopefully not but you know at the same time you know i hope people do wear masks because that'll be a pretty unsafe environment if they don't that'd be crazy because yeah you'll get that shit ripped off in there though because <laughs> <laughs> be i've been i've moshed before yeah I've been pits i enjoy that type of music but i've never done it to a band like raging against the machine so i'm kind of scared for my life but it's gonna be a fun experience dude that's gonna be fucking dope that's one of the things that i i i haven't done because i i listen to a lot of bands like that but i haven't i've, I've barely I've, I've only been to like one concert that was like foo fighters that's it i haven't been to anybody else but they didn't i think somebody tried watching at the foo fighter concert and then they grow was like hey hey you need to cut that shit out or getting kicked the fuck out i was like damn bro <laughs> yeah man, that's that but yeah concerts are great when everyone there is like sort of having the same energy like oh man i went to shortly before quarantine i went to a ski mask the slump god concert okay and you know ski mask he's pretty good you mm-hmm. know obviously not the best musician in the world mm-hmm. but that concert is probably the favorite i've ever been to like there so they, they they had three tiers of pit they mm-hmm. had like the, the general admission super cheap like 40 buck one they had like you know the mid-tier that you have to pay a little extra for and then they had like the vip mm-hmm. and you know the security there was just like a couple of people blocking the three different sections uh-huh. and as soon as ski mask came on stage he was like ayo fuck the security <laughs> fuck the rules hop the fences knock the security and like a wave of like two three hundred people we're jumping over fences, like pushing past security. And like within the first like 10 minutes of the show, I went from being having my $40 general admission ticket yeah. to having to being up front on stage. And then like at the middle of the during the middle of the show, like no. I literally like was in the front. Like I like I, I could reach out and touch him if I wanted to. <laughs> and that was a crazy experience of just like yeah Man, that was Fuck. An awesome dude you got freaking 80 percent off discount tickets right there <laughs> <laughs> it's like let's go that sounds fucking sick man i'm jealous man i i know there's a lot of um a lot of that going on with like i think like i think it's i haven't really gone into this genre but i think it's ska right ska uh, i don't know i don't know no it's like an intense crazy as metal i'm just like i know i know they go ham like in mosh pitting and everything i'm just like oh fuck yeah. man yeah, man, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. I mean, hopefully we're all good by then. All I know is, uh, if you're here by like October, you should freaking hit up um, Horror Nights at Universal. If we end up doing that, that'd be fucking sick. Mm. I love, I well, love that over have, there. We have Horror Nights Universal in Florida. Are you oh, in you're Florida? in Florida? No, you're, in, you're, in, yeah. Oh shit! Oh, I didn't even know you were over there. I, I, I wasn't sure. I had no fucking idea, man. No, I'm over here in, uh, I'm like 20 minutes from LA. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in Florida, we also have Universal, so so we have Horror Nights here, too. How um, is it? I've How ne- is it over there? I've never been, man. What? Um, I've been, when I was a kid, I went to, like, Disney's version of it, because, you know, Disney and Universal are right next to each mm-hmm. other. Um, so I went to Disney's version, and it's, like, you know, obviously not scary at all. It's, yeah. it's called Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween. Yeah. Um, but I, I've never been to, to Halloween Horror Nights at Universal, and I've always wanted to. So maybe this year will be the year. Yeah, so the tickets are normally, I think they're like 160 if we're on or like somewhere in that price range. But if you're over here, um, also there's not Scary Farm, obviously, and I think that's only like 60 bucks. It's pretty fucking good, too, and it's a lot cheaper. So, I mean, hit both of those up, man. But, I mean, I just say yeah. that because I fucking love Halloween. Like, that's my fucking favorite yeah, holiday. It's, it's, it's so fun. And actually, one time I went to, to Universal the day of when I, I was a lot littler. Um, and I mm-hmm. went to Universal the day of Not So Scary Halloween. Okay. Not so, not, not so Scary. Sorry. Universal on uh, um, Halloween Horror Nights. Mm-hmm. And and I was with my mom, and, but I was also with my little sister who was like, you know, probably like, you know, seven at the time. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was like, oh, we got to go to Horror Nights. And my mom was like, no, no way in hell. Yeah. So, but it was cool because the day tickets were hella cheap because nobody mm. was there because they were waiting for Horror Nights. Oh, but, okay. um, but I didn't actually get to experience the the, the event. So eh, it sucked, but whatever. It's <sighs> cool. I, 
I'm still I'm still relatively young, um, yeah. and I'm sure I'll get to do it at some point. How old are you? I'm 18. You're 18? What, yeah, dude? You look you're way wiser than you look or yeah. your age, I guess. Yeah, dude, that's crazy. I thought you were like I I'd say like 23, 24, bro. Yeah, Damn. I mean, I, I don't want to sound cocky here, but I do, I do get that a lot. Yeah, like, I don't know. I just feel like, obviously, like there's a there's a proponent a proponent of like living life while you're young and stuff. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like, why do I have to wait to start my professional career? Like, why do I have to wait till I'm like, you know, 23, 24 to, mm -hmm. to start making moves and start making business moves? Yes. Like, why do I got you know? There's no, no. point in waiting. I 100% agree, and I think that's my fucking flaw and fall. I'm like, damn it, I'm 26 now, I, I although I look yeah. younger, but I'm like, I'm fucking 26, I'm like, god damn it, I'm like, I should have started earlier, I should have, you know, but it is what it is, I was like, the only thing I can do is just, like, not worry about the past and just move forward, you know? Yeah, but, you're only 26, I thought you were like 47. <laughs> 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 no, I dude, I would cry if I was 47. I'd be like, that's it. I am not even going to start. I'm going to die. Fuck you, Gary V. <laughs> he's like, he's never yeah. too late to start. I'm like, fuck you. But I don't know, man. I, it's it's a crazy thing. But I think when you're over here, you'll have a lot like you'll have a lot more opportunity. And that's like I said, that's one thing that I never yeah. took advantage of. So. Dude, you're you're in your prime. I'm about to die tomorrow, so enjoy the hell out of that. <laughs> I, I highly doubt that. Or else, you know, you, how are you gonna upload this podcast? You gotta wait at least till you upload the podcast, and then we can we can make talk. Shit, you're right. Yeah. You're right. After that, I'll be like, all right, let's see who wants to hit me today on the middle of the free. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Literally, man. But it, it was great talking to you. Is there anything you want to plug anywhere they can follow you by any chance? Yeah, I would say, honestly, the best way to follow me is on Snapchat. That's where I post most of my content. Um, it's at Jonah-Cone, or depending on the time that you're watching this, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm working with them to get my username changed to just Jonah, like okay. J-O-N-A-H. Oh, so that'll be dope if that happens. Mm -hmm. But um, on Instagram, I'm at Jonah Creative. On Twitter, I'm at Jonah Create. Probably if you want to if you wanna reach out to me, the best place would either be Instagram or you can reach out to me on my website, which is jonacreative.pro. And the last thing I'll plug is if you want to check out any of my NFTs is foundation.app slash jonacreative. I know that's a lot, but you guys are smart. You guys can re rewind and listen to that as many times as you Hell can. yeah, especially the NFTs. Yeah, check that out. I'm going to be checking that out. I'm going to be I'm gonna be exploring Clubhouse tonight. I'm like, what's going on? What kind of NFTs they got going on over yeah. here? So I'll, I'll just go down like a little rabbit hole on that. But thank you so much for your time. Thank you for explaining everything to me. Um, I love your insight and props for only being 18 and already starting on that, man. Like, like seriously yeah. like huge props to you on that man that's a fucking amazing yeah thank you thank you so much for having me this was a ton of fun I, this is this is my first podcast i've been on and hopefully we can do it again sometime dude i definitely want to do it and 100 percent you'll be on because you have a bright future ahead of you man so i'm about to die awesome. so you take advantage you take <laughs> over take the reins for jesus you know <laughs> but yeah. but yeah man thank well, you very much it's great talking to you awesome man yeah. all right i'll see you later man I'll see you in the, in the influencer lounge. <laughs> All right. All right, peace, man.